This is an AMI podcast. Hey, Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern time on AMI-tv. Welcome back. It's now with Dave Brown on AMI-tv. The Dublin Literary Prize revealed its long list of titles, and there are a bunch of Canadians who made the cut. Karen McKay has some more details. Karen is the communications manager for the Centre for Equitable Library Access. Good morning, Karen. Nice to chat with you, as always. Good morning. Happy Friday. So the prize recognizes the best work of fiction in English internationally. The long list features 70 books by 80 libraries from 35 countries. Who are some of the Canadian writers who got the nod? So we've got eight Canadian writers on the nomination list, which is, you know, as a percentage is pretty awesome. So um, Emma Donahue, who folks will be familiar with, she wrote Room. She's nominated for uh, Haven. And then we've also got folks like Billy Ray Belcourt, Suzette Meyer. She wrote The Sleeping Car Porter, which we've talked about. Eleanor Canton, um, William Ping, Kevin Lambert. Really, it's it's an incredible list of Canadian authors that are nominated for this prize. What does that say more broadly about the state of Canadian literature and its perception internationally? Well, I think having, you know, 10%, more than 10% on this list is a really, it's an indicator of how well-received Canadian uh, authors are and Canadian literature is. I, I was doing a little bit of research, and back in 2021, there was um, the Booker Prize, which is another major international prize. There were three Canadians on the shortlist, uh, which is pretty phenomenal, and a Canadian one. That was the year Jan Martel won for Life of Pi. Um, and I think that that was really a turning point, and it's continued to grow. And I think part of the reason is um, diversity, like Canadian authors uh, really represent a huge range of uh, experiences and viewpoints, and they bring that to their writing. Um, I was looking at another list of, of North American Indigenous authors to be looking uh, at, and more than half of the list was was Canadian authors. So, uh, you know, I think that Canadian authors are, and Hamlet in general are really well received. We're not just writing with the main character of the, you know, the wheat fields in Saskatchewan anymore. There's a real mm. diverse perspective being brought forward and people are connecting with that. So yeah, Canadian literature, I think is having a moment for sure. The shortlist is going to be announced on March the 26th, the winner on May the 23rd. So I know you'll keep me up to date with that one as it, uh, as it all rolls through, but let's talk about another Canadian author. Nova Scotian author, Amanda Peters has become the first Canadian to win a Carnegie medal for excellence. This was for her debut novel, The Berry Pickers. What makes this book and this author such a standout? Well, so the story is about a, a four-year-old girl from a Micmac family, and she goes missing in Maine uh, in the straw in the blueberry fields of um, in 1960s, and then 50 years later, uh, a young girl named Norma from an affluent family she's determined to find out what her parents aren't telling her. So, I think this book uh, was a winner for this award in particular because it involves, like we were just talking about, a really diverse set of experiences. It crosses the international border there. So some of the stories happening in Maine, but there's some Canadian elements to it as well. Um, and, you know, I just am thrilled for Amanda that she's got this award. It's so 
incredible to see debut authors pick up major awards. Uh, and I, again, I think it goes back to the, you know, the real moment that Canadian literature is having. We have all these fantastic mentors who are, and publishers who are bringing these works forward. And yeah, so I'm thrilled for Amanda. I like that. Good vibes. Good vibes all around, Karen. Nice on a Friday to do that. <laughs> Let's uh, pivot to your featured selections here. The theme that you're taking this week is Black History Month as that starts next week. So you wanted to platform a couple of different authors and their work who uh, you find just to be excellent, beginning with Finding Edward by Sheila Murray. So this book, I think, um, it's it was published in 2022, and it's had some accolades. So it was a finalist for the Governor General's Award. It was listed as one of the best fiction titles uh, by the CBC Books in 2022, and it was on the Canada Reads long list for 2023. But I still think it felt a little bit through the cracks. It's a really beautiful book. It's It feels like a little bit of a hidden gem, so I wanted to bring this one forward. Uh, again, it's a debut novel by Sheila Murray, who's a writer who was um, born and raised in England, but she lives in Hamilton now. And um, her parents are, uh, her father's Jamaican and her mother is English. And so in the dedication to this book, she says that she, uh, that her parents' courage to marry in the 1950s in England really humbles her. So the book is a, a novel about um, a, a man, two men actually, of mixed race. Uh, one man's given up for adoption in the 1920s. And the other man is... Uh, he comes to Canada and from Jamaica and he is trying to find his way and their stories intertwine. So Cyril is the man that, uh, that emigrates from Jamaica in 2012 and he's going to school. He's trying to navigate the university life and understand his place in the world as a, as a racialized man. And he has a chance encounter with a panhandler who leads him to a series of um, letters and, and photographs that he finds in a suitcase and he's drawn into this story. And, and that leads him on a path to try and find Edward, who was abandoned by his own white father as a small child and really struggled growing up. And so this book interweaves these two stories of these two men, and it's just beautifully written. Uh, one of the lines that stood out for me was, um, we have to learn for ourselves the things that history has not taught us. And I think this book goes a long way to doing that. So throughout the story, the author sort of weaves through the uh, accomplishments and the challenges of Black Canadians from the early 20s right through to 2010, 2012. Uh, and her intention, she said, is to find a way to help people understand that Black people have been in Canada for a long time and that their experiences predate the Black Lives Matter movement, that there were struggles before and there were accomplishments before, and there'll be struggles and accomplishments going forward, I think. And so um, if you want to learn a little bit more about Black history in a, in a novel format, this would be a great book to pick up, but it's also just beautifully written, really touching. You wanted to highlight another novel here, Hold My Girl, a novel by Charlene Carr. So Charlene Carr has about a dozen novels under her belt, and and uh, she's a, a Black woman, and she's writing from the perspective of a woman who's had IVF to have a child. And so that's the sort of theme through this story. Uh, there's two women. Catherine's a white woman, and she feels like she sort of finally has it all. Her life has come into exactly what she expected, but she's having trouble having a baby. And so she and her husband undergo IVF, and she ends up uh, giving birth to a little girl named Rose. The challenge is that Rose pale skin doesn't match Catherine's complexion and doubts begin to grow in Catherine's mind. The other woman featured in the story is Tess, who's black. She's never gotten what she wanted. She underwent IVF at the same time as Catherine at the same clinic, uh, but after conceiving, her daughter is stillborn and she spirals down um, a very dark hole as a result. And then uh, just 
uh, before Rose's birthday, the baby's birthday, these two women get a call from their fertility clinic and the eggs were switched. And so that's where the story really takes off. And um, these two women, their lives are sort of crumbling around them. And there's lots of conversation about what is best for the baby, who should should raise this child, uh, what sort of elements make the, the best home. Is it social stability? Is it uh, bloodlines? It's a really... Um, very emotional story. Uh, so I would, you know, caution folks who who might find this sort of stuff to be troubling that they they might want to research a bit before they jump into the book, but uh, beautifully written. And it brings up all of these really interesting themes about how does race um, play out in our society now? What's the value of blood versus the value of stability? It's, it's just a really phenomenal book. Mm. And it's, again, it's one I don't think quite got the attention that maybe it should have. So a really excellent book if you want to look into those sorts of themes. Karen, I love the title of this next one. <laughs> sure, I'll be your black friend. Notes from the Other Side of the Fist Bump by Ben Philippe. It's well titled and it sort of captures the the vibe of the book for sure. So Ben, uh, ben Philippe was born in Haiti. He was raised in Montreal and he now lives in New York. He's a black man and he writes from that perspective. And so he's had very different experiences in those three places where he's he's lived and grown. Uh, so he's now living in the States and he is um, collecting these these essays. This is a book of essays. In, in a time of wokeness, really. And so he is hilarious. I don't know if you've read any of his, of his work, but he is incredibly funny. So he takes us through his immigrant childhood uh, from wanting, you know, more friends to sit with at lunch at the table to his awkward teenage years. He goes to college in the age of Obama, and then he becomes an adult, really, in the time of Trump. So very interesting perspectives. Um, the, the book commentary says he takes his role as your new Black friend seriously, providing original and borrowed wisdom on stereotypes, slurs, the whole swimming thing, that's in air quotes, uh, and how much Beyonce is too much Beyonce. Uh, <laughs> so he... <laughs> Yeah, he's hilarious. Um, anyway, he he sort of educates us as white folks about what we should not say or do. Don't touch our hair. Don't openly express your disinterest in dating black people. Don't ask why you can't say the N-word. All of those sorts of things that are, you know, in some ways cultural memes, but also really important for folks to understand the perspectives of, uh, of a black person. He's self-described as an Oreo, um, a term that he really kind of struggles with. Um, yeah, it's he's so funny. He talks about how he cheats his way out of swimming tests at university, uh, how he finds stray family members in unlikely places, and how he sort of finds the punchline in the serious. So uh, a really funny book, but also an enlightening and eye-opening one, uh, an excellent read for Black History Month. Karen, I think that is an art form when you can take the serious and make somebody laugh and sometimes take the laughs and identify the serious. Like that is next level artistry stuff. That, that is that is pro level expert. I think you would love this book, Dave. It's fantastic. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, you, you, do have, you do have a habit of about once a week uh, or once every two weeks hitting me with at least one of these featured selections where I'm like, Okay, and I guess I know what I'm reading from these next two weeks. Uh, Karen, thank you for this. Always appreciate your insight. Appreciate the hard work that you and your colleagues are doing. Uh, talk to you again in two weeks. Great. Have a great weekend. That is Karen McKay, Communications Manager at the Centre for Equitable Library Access. You can follow Sela on the social media platform X at Sela Library, C-E-L-E. 
a library, Sila Library. That's all the time there is for the show today. Appreciate you stopping by, hanging out, sharing your opinions. Don't forget, you can always engage on the daily poll today, asking you all about using pharmacies as frontline health clinics. Alberta is expanding the role of pharmacies as frontline clinics. How do you feel about that? Good or bad? At Accessible Media on X, at Accessible Media Inc. on Facebook. You can also chime in via email, feedback at ami.ca, feedback at ami.ca, or pick up the phone and give the show a ring, 1-866-509-4545, 1-866-509-4545. If you do leave a voicemail, please give permission for it to be played on the air. Otherwise, we can't do it. Don't want to violate your privacy like that. Until Monday morning at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, I'm Dave Brown reminding you to play safe, play fair, but don't forget to have some fun. And like we do every single Friday, time to say thank you to the people who work their tails off to put this show together. Say it with me. Roll those credits, gang. producer Alex Smite, sports reporter Brock Richardson, entertainment reporter Laura Bain, contributors Ramia Muthan, Nisreen Abdel-Majid, senior show producer Andrika Delanero, visual producer Bruce McClarion, producers Paul Daniel, Marianne Dion jones Bob Pagrak, production assistant Hinkley Juco, DB producer Mark Phoenix, director Anastasia Spalding-Stenhouse, control room operators Daniel Panamondo, Eliza Rocco, Operations Coordinator, Jordan Mulgrave. Manager of Operations, Kyle Harper. Manager of Live Productions, Paula Deneen. Director of Content Development, Kara Nye. Vice President of Programming, John Melville. President and CEO, David Arrington. Give us your feedback, 1-866-509-4545. Copyright 2024, Accessible Media Inc. NAMI Original Production. Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern Time on AMI-tv. Hi, I'm Ramia Amuthan. Join me weekly for AMI Audiobook Review, the podcast that explores new titles, introduces us to famous narrators, and updates what's hot at the Center for Equitable Library Access. Download episodes of AMI Audiobook Review from your favorite podcast provider.